What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Huh Podcast, big episode number 56. We're starting a new little short series. Well, short, I say it's going to be about five weeks. We're going to be going through the book of First John. And First John, if you have not read it or you don't know where it is, I feel like it is one of the hardest books for me to find personally in the Bible, but it is close to the end, close to Revelation. And it's got a lot of material, a lot of depth, and uh, a lot of things that we can learn and apply in our lives. And we're going to look each week, we're going to look at a specific chapter in First John, starting today with chapter one. So we are on the Zoom call today, uh, just hanging out. We couldn't all meet and we are going through the computer today. So Micah, Garrett, what's up? Yeah, I'm really uh, hoping that the uh, recording holds. I hope you all get to hear this because uh, it's been a while since we've done Zoom. Uh, I'm not okay. real sure how it's going to go. Uh, I think it's been, I think it's been since like February since we've done Zoom because that was when I had COVID. I legit think it was February was the last time we did it. Wow, we've come a long way. So it's been five, six months. Yeah, two to eight. It's been six months. So, I mean, this may never make public airwaves. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know what's going on. I don't know how to run this thing anymore. Well, it doesn't it doesn't help that um, we've already had Christian's internet cut out once. Yeah, he's, so. already, he's already froze once before we started, but uh, it's going to be all good. It's, we're going to make it. We're going to do the thing, and you're going to hear the thing. So, um, Siri on my watch has already started yelling in the middle of the podcast and interrupting Christian and in his intro. So I don't know if that got picked up, but, um, that's the first I, I, time she's ever even talked back to me on the watch. And she I just didn't even hear it. Yeah, good. So, um, she had something to say about whatever you were saying. So, but glad to be here. Glad to be, uh, uh, we kind of, uh, got through summer. Um, it was an awesome summer series and programming. Uh, as you all got to hear from, you know, Dustin and Brett and our wives and Kevin and Gordon, uh, we really enjoyed actually getting to do that. And we've actually kind of talked and said we want to do more interviews and more uh, have more guests on the podcast. So we hope to be able to do that in the future. And we hope hope you all enjoyed that. And uh, if you did, let us know through reviews. And if you didn't, let us also know through reviews. That way, we know. <laughs> uh, And then we'll just let you know if we have a guest on that you might not want to listen to that one. So. Uh, but we've enjoyed doing this, uh, especially this summer. It's been busy for all of us. I know Christian was, we were like scheduling out the summer and Christian was gone like every other week. And Garrett and I were gone in some of the weeks in between where he was here. So it was a pretty uh, uh, chaotic summer for the three of us combined. So um, back. yeah, so we're back. We're ready to get going. And uh, it was kind of nice to record multiple in one day, though. I, yeah, I would say I don't, that. I don't like that. Um, but what's crazy is when this podcast is actually aired, I might be a father. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, that's true. Micah is getting ready. To so I say, yeah. So I say we went through chaos. I don't even know if I know what chaos is yet. So, uh, so the, the next podcast, Micah, you won't even know what he's saying. He'll be so. Stupid. Yeah. I probably just will sit there. He won't know what he's saying. He'll probably be rocking the baby. I'll be a liability on the podcast. You won't know what I'm going to say. Just like, we'll have to do Zoom again because yeah. Mike will be at home. Have to mute sleep. him. Uh, but. Yeah, so really looking forward to, to First John. It's a good book. Um, it's, a, it's a good uh, lot of wisdom here um, from John. And Gary, do you want to say what First, Second, and Third John are known as? The Johannian Epistles. There you go, folks. Yeah, so if you didn't know that, that's... Um, I don't see... I, why, my thing is, why not just call them John's Epistles? Well, that's because... For listeners, an epistle is a letter. I don't know if we've ever talked about that, but yeah. 
uh, if you didn't, I didn't know that till college. So I'm, it's not like I'm a genius, but I wouldn't have never known that if I didn't go to Bible college. This is a letter. It comes from the fact that there was what in, in the second century, like, um, like from 100 to 200 AD, there, there was this developed school of thought that was called the Johannian school of thought. Um, and it was believed that John, he left the church in Jerusalem and moved to Ephesus and basically became a teacher there um, and, and, and had a lot of disciples and, and people that learned from him. And that was called the Johannian school. And so any writing that was associated with John is called, you know, Johannian writings or Johannian epistles. Even like so you have Paul writes are called the Pauline epistles. So just yeah. Like Paul's, Paul's epistles. Pauline. Yeah. It, it's just kind of a way to, I guess. Um, like you should name your son Johannian. Put him there. It's probably, um, it's probably grammatically correct to say it like that, but it just, I don't know. It feels like, feels like we're over, uh, feels like we're making it like fancy it's like i mean it's john's yeah. epistles, it, it's uh, the johannine the johannine epistles it's not actually johannian um and and i i don't i can't ever i don't know how exactly to pronounce it but it's spelled j-o-h-n john's letters <laughs> yeah um but it, it's usually associated with john's gospel and then first second and third john are all kind of um, unanimously attributed to John. And then the book of Revelation, some people think John the apostle wrote it, and some people think a different John wrote it. Um, but regardless, whether or not John, the beloved disciple, the son of Zebedee that we have in the Gospels, whether or not he was the one that physically wrote these letters and his gospel, um, you know, we can't be sure of that, but we know that it at least comes from his mind um, because a, a foreman, a, a foreman, a common form of writing in that time was where a student of someone would take their teacher's lectures or teachings or sayings and then compile it into a book or a letter and then slap that person's name on it because it was from them you know today we would think of that as as plagiarism or academic dishonesty but in that time that was just the normal thing that i wish it was normal now yeah a lot easier <laughs> teachers so much easier if i could have just copy and pasted <laughs> off of the interwebs well at that time teachers didn't always write they they were mainly teachers but in order to ensure that their school of thought would be available for future generations the students of that teacher would then write it down and pass it on but i mean they would they would have given credit to the teacher so i mean it would have been yeah quoted. yeah so it would be just like us today doing an interview with someone and quoting what they say and i mean it would be the same concept as yeah that. i mean there's no there, there's no debate that this isn't from john the question and we just don't know if he was the one that wrote it before he died or if his disciples wrote it posthumously um, in order to have it available for everyone. And there's a lot of similarities <clears throat> you guys were talking about of how we know it's either based off the writings of John or, or it is John. And 
I mean, even in the very beginning of First John, when we start, you see almost identical an identical start yeah. uh, in the Gospel of John, and also in First John. And First uh, John chapter one verse one, it says that which is from the beginning. Uh, now, of course, if we go to the Gospel of John, uh, I like to call it Big John, uh, in John chapter one verse one, it also starts off with in the beginning. Uh, and of course, it says in the beginning was the word talking uh, to the divinity of Jesus and also the eternality of Christ, that he was in the beginning with God. Uh, so in both books, we see that uh, there is good evidence that John, either this was from John or John wrote this book uh, in just the the evidence language. of the language. Yep. In chapter one, verse one, it starts off in the beginning. Yeah. And, and there's more to be said, too, that first John it's likely that first John isn't a letter um, for second and third John. We know our letters because like at the beginning, there's a, a greeting that is used in, in letters of the ancient world. And there's kind of a farewell in, in both of second and third John, but first John doesn't really have that. Um, so a lot of scholars think that first John is kind of a synthesis or almost like a um, commentary on John's gospel, where John wrote the history of Jesus's ministry and then unpacked the doctrine and what we are to believe about because of Jesus's ministry in this. And so what, what that would essentially be is that, you know, John became a teacher and he, he was an elder of the church in Jerusalem. And then he went to Ephesus and kind of became a teacher and he unpacked he, he would tell people about Jesus. And then in this Johann, Johannine school of thought, he would unpack further what it, the implications of Jesus's ministry. And that unpacking is what we kind of have here in first John, um, which is why it's really important because, you know, we can read the gospels all day long and we can understand them to the best of our ability, but we need books like first John or Romans or, or first and second Corinthians that kind of unpack the implications that the gospel has on us as believers and as the church. Um, so it's really important that we read through these books and kind of understand them because they, they have a lot to do with, with how we worship and what we believe and, and the doctrines that we hold. Let's, yes, do let's, let's get to reading it. All right. I agree, Michael. Let's do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll start us. So first John one, um, good transition, Gary. I know, I know you meant for that to be like that, so good job. Yeah, I think y'all wrote that. Y'all planned that in our meeting this week. Yep. <clears throat> in the two-minute meeting before. Um, First John 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. So that was First John 1 through 4, and there is a few more verses left. Um, but let's, uh, let's talk about the first uh, little part of this first. And, and if you have, if your Bible uh, has like, subcaptions above you know certain parts of text this this one is the word of life and so uh, in this portion first john is in in the book of first john john is really describing the word of life who he is who we have faith in who we have fellowship with um and is talking 
uh, about, and he, he you know, kind of tells us the purpose in verse four. We write this to make our joy complete, to make uh, them as followers of Jesus, to make their joy complete. Well, I think, too, one of the, the, the biggest emphasis we have, um, and I guess you're reading out of NIV, and I'm reading out of CSB translation, and I really like what the way that they caption the first four verses as the prologue, and they say our declaration. So these first four verses are the declaration of John and his disciples, and, and basically making sure that everyone who reads or has heard about the gospel knows what they believe in accordance with the gospel. And, and that is that the life of Jesus reveals God. Um, in, in verse two, it says um, that life was revealed and we have seen it and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the father and was revealed to us. And um, so there John's emphasizing and his disciples are emphasizing, you know, because we witness the life of Jesus, because we witness God becoming flesh, we have had the father revealed to us. And now we are revealing to you what we know about the father in accordance with, with Jesus. Um, and we're writing these things, like you said, so that the believers, that all believers can have the completeness of joy by knowing um, the revealed uh, father in the same way that they know the revealed father. They're, they're writing as witnesses, you know, they saw God in the flesh and they had that, um, they had that great opportunity to see Jesus made manifest and to see him reveal himself uh, to others. He revealed himself to his, his disciples and they got to see his ministry and they got to see what it looked like if God was human. And he did come down as human. Uh, you know, going back to verse one, we see in the beginning that uh, when it talks about in the beginning and we're talking about Jesus himself, this doesn't mean, you know, I think some people might think because Jesus was man, that Jesus existed when he was born of Mary. Uh, and Jesus did not start at Christmas. Uh, he, his existence did not start uh, when he was born. He has been eternal. He's always been with God, but it was when he was born of the Virgin of Mary that we see he was made manifest. And John and the writers here, they talk about, hey, we saw him. We got to see him. We got to see him testify. We got to see him proclaim that he was eternal life, that he was the great I am, that he was God. Uh, so he's writing from a first person point of view that, hey, I saw Jesus. I, I saw him and I saw God in the flesh. Yeah. And, and I really like that that word. Um, the CS, my translation says that Jesus' life was revealed, which is a good word. You know, it, it's it, it emphasizes that there was something there was something about God we didn't know, and through Jesus it was revealed. But the the phrase was made manifest reflects the original Greek, which is to say that God was beyond our understanding. And manifested, um, quite literally, became man to, to reveal to us um, so that we can understand him further. Yeah. Now, I'm reading from the ESV. I don't know if Micah's translation says that, but the ESV, it does use the word. Yeah, the ESV is, is, the, is the more literal translation. Actually, far more literal than the only other translation that would be more literal would be the NASB. 
but that's pretty hard to read at times. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important what Christian said. Um, the, you know, the the emphasis, like Garrett said, it's a prologue, a declaration, uh, and very right from the beginning, John sets the standard of the guy I'm going to talk about. Gonna we're going to measure everything against is from the beginning. Uh, you know, following what John says. Um, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Um, and so, you know, he, he, like Christian said, connects it to, to them as humans, right? This, this entity that was manifested to us, that revealed himself to us is from the beginning, created everything is the father. We have heard him. We have seen with our own eyes and we have uh, looked at and our hands have touched. We proclaim this concerning the word of life. Um, and so John really sets the standard for whether this is an epistle or whether this is a study that it was written or whatever this entity of this book is, whatever the purpose, John's purpose is to make very clear um, what he believes and what, what the declaration of the belief of a follower of Jesus is, is that he is the father. He is also the son. And, and, and I, I think that's why it's so important to identify these first four verses as a prologue, because like, what John is saying is that this sets the stage. This is the precedence. Everything that we're about to unpack afterwards makes sense because Jesus is God. Jesus reveals God. Jesus is, um, is what allows us to know God. And, and, and without the, that, everything else we're about to say is null and void. Um, so they set the precedence. They, they set the stage with here's Jesus manifested God that we can help know and, and understand God. And yeah. then they move on from there. And, and he does move on. And so he says, uh, does the prologue. And then he goes on in verse five um, through 10. And he says, because of all this, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us all, uh, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make, out, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. I love that verse 5. Um, you know, that was verse 5 through 10. Uh, and in verse five, he, he gives that, that prologue, you know, that was from the beginning. We have heard, we have seen, we have looked at, we have touched all of those things to be true. We write this to make our joy complete. And this is the message we have heard from him that we are declaring to you that God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. And from there uh, sets the pace of, of this, you know, this letter or this book or the study, whatever, whatever yeah. it was, the purpose was for, he sets the pace. And this is immediately what he's saying is, is God is light. There is no darkness at all. And then he goes on saying, if we're in him, we're light. And if we're not, we're darkness. So if, if, you, Go ahead, Gary. if you've ever read John's gospel, what you'll know. find, what? I don't know how to read. Yeah, yeah. I get that. <laughs> Even though you just did it. No, <laughs> um, it was memorized. I memorized it. You had it memorized. Yeah. <laughs> if you've ever read John's gospel in comparison to the, the other three, the, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, they're called the synoptics. They're all kind of in sync with one another. They're, they're, a lot of people, a lot of scholars believe that they shared sources. John's gospel stands out because 
there is a real unpacking of the divinity of Jesus. Seven times in God's, John's gospel, Jesus uses the, the Greek phrase that's, that's called ego eimi, which is basically, I am, what? Sorry, Lego my, it reminded me of the Lego my Lego my ego, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jesus is saying Lego of his, his water. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that phrase, literally, ego means I am, and then a me is another way to say I am. So Jesus is saying, I am, I am, and then he puts a characteristic with it. So like, for example, he says, I am, I am the light of the world. And so for us reading it, we're like, okay, Jesus just has a stuttering problem. But in reality, what he is saying is he's affirming to everyone listening. And every Jewish person would have understand that, understood this, that Jesus is saying, I am God. And as God, I'm the light of the world. I am God. As God, I am the true vine. I am God. As God, I am the way, the truth, and life. And he goes through all these seven sayings. And so John, you know, the other gospels, they kind of hint and, and, and like, poke at jesus's divinity but john just comes straight out and says that no jesus is god and so the prologue is affirming jesus is god but now what do we do with that you know how do how do we keep in mind or, or keeping in mind that jesus is god you know how are we supposed to act well john goes on to say well jesus is god and god is light God, there can't be darkness in God. There can't be sin in God. And Jesus came to cast that out of us. So if, if we say, he says in verse six, we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and we're not practicing the truth. And, and John isn't saying that in order to know God, in order to have a relationship with God, we have to be perfect, that our works are what determine our salvation. Uh, John wouldn't say that. No apostle would ever say that. They all believe that we're justified by what Jesus did. We're saved and hold, held righteous by what Jesus did. But what John is saying is if we want to fellowship with God after we've been saved, if we want to grow in this relationship, well, you know, God doesn't have sin. Jesus didn't have sin. And so if we want to grow with him, we need to strive to walk in the light and not walk in darkness. So, um, like Christian's about to say something. That yeah, Christian was about to say something, then he froze. <laughs> All right, I'm back. <laughs> no, that's good. So, uh, you know, in God, there is no, there is no darkness at all. He, he is perfect. And, and John is pointing out a very important, um, as you're talking about the divinity of Jesus, uh, that Jesus is God in showing that, hey, there's no darkness in Jesus at all. Uh, you, you know, we, we know that Jesus lived a perfect life. And the importance of this is uh, because there is no darkness um, in God and God is light and there can't be darkness in him. Uh, there can't be darkness in, you know, in his presence. If we, if we want to live with him eternally, there can't be darkness. Uh, why? Because God is light. The important thing about Jesus is that he lived the perfect life as the light and he's our representative um, for us before God that, you know, we've messed up. We've sinned, we've lived in darkness, but the great thing about the good news uh, is that Jesus, he is the perfect light. Uh, he is our representative before God for us. He was our substitute on the cross for us. And so John is really pointing out that Jesus is the light. Also, we see in the gospel of John, you know, we talked earlier how um, the gospel of John and first John start off very similar. Gospel of John chapter one, verse four 
It says in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness. And I love this. And the darkness has not overcome it. Uh, yeah. Darkness cannot overcome the light of God. It, it simply can't. And that's very encouraging for us to know uh, as people who mess up and yeah. who occasionally live in darkness. And uh, I, I think that's what John is really unpacking too, because in verse eight, he says, if we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. So even though he just got done saying, if we want to have fellowship with God, we can't walk in darkness. He also goes on to say, but we also can't say we don't sin because we are sinners. If we confess our sins, though, he is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so he's, he's making this, this connection in the fact that if we want to grow in, in Christ, we have to walk in life. But we're also incapable of fully walking in light because of who we are. So we have to build on this relationship of confessing our sins, of coming forth with our unrighteousness in order to gain God's righteousness that comes through Jesus so that we can grow in this relationship. You know, we, we can't ever expect that we're going to be perfect, but that he was the one that was perfect. But we also have to try to grow in him by confessing our unrighteousness. I love that verse 10. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. Uh, right. I love that the idea of, you know, like, I think, I think it, to me, I think about the people um, that are living their life and are good people, but don't recognize their need for a savior. Uh, and so maybe people that would say, well, I'm not a bad person. Like, you know, I might mess up sometimes, but ultimately I'm not a bad person. I think and I, there's been a time in my life where that was me. And, and so in that time in my life, there were, might have been, I might have understood that I sinned, but it was like, man, I'm not really a sinner. Like, you know, like I'm not a bad person. I, I might mess up, but I'm not really a sinner. And so, you know, John really addresses this as, as to say, whether you're that group of people or whether you're just a person who maybe just genuinely believes you don't sin and you're perfect. Um, well, you make God out to be a liar. You know, if, if you genuinely think you don't sin or, you know, that, whatever, maybe this, that you feel like this doesn't apply to you. Well, you're making God out to be a liar and your his word has no, has no place in your life. Um, and that, that is kind of a wake up call sentence, uh, I think. And, and, you know, my guess is to whomever this was written to or whatever the purpose was, there was a group of people he had in mind that probably fell in that category. Um, and that he wanted to address is to say, you know, you, you you've got to confess your sin. And if you think you don't have sin, then you don't know God at all. Then, then you call him even a liar and then his word has no place in your life. And John wants us to know, he wants us to know the truth. He, he wants us to know um, true doctrine and he wants us to know the truths of God. <laughs> One of the things he does realize is he also is a realist in the sense that, and we're actually going to talk about this more next week in chapter two of first John. Um, but John recognizes just like we just read in verse 10, that in chapter two, we're going to see, all right, he doesn't want us to sin, but what happens when we sin? Like, like in John chapter or first John chapter two, we're going to see that, hey, we're not supposed to sin. We're called to live a life of holiness and a life and a godly lifestyle. But he also acknowledges the fact of when we do sin. And we'll talk more of that uh, about that next week. But we do need to know that we all have sinned. As Christians, we are called to live a holy life. But John still realizes that, hey, I know you've been saved by the perfect and the free gift of God's grace, but notice this, you are still going to sin. 
And we're going to see the beauty in that of Jesus being our representative uh, next week. Uh, but the idea of, yes, we're going to sin. And going back, you know, to verse 9, the good thing for us and the good news for us is that when we sin and we will sin, verse 9 is our hope that if we confess our sins, Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, you know what? They're faithful. And not only are they faithful, but they're just to what? To forgive us. Uh, and that, that's the beauty and the good news for us is that, all right, John realizes, hey, you've sinned. Uh, you, we know, uh, I know that you're going to sin. Uh, but in verse nine, he offers that, hey, if we confess our sins to God, you know, God, I, I confess that, man, I messed up. I've struggled in this area. I, I've struggled with whatever that sin might be. I know I've messed up. If we confess that to God, he is faithful to forgive us, but also not just to forgive us, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, to cleanse us from all darkness, to cleanse us from all the stains that sin has put upon our life. And First uh, John chapter 1, verse 9, it's probably a verse you've memorized or a verse you've heard uh, several times, but it is always a good reminder that you might need every day that, hey, when we sin uh, and in our life, of course, we have sinned, he is still faithful that if we confess that he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I think there's an important emphasis on confession as well, um, because th this passage here, verses 5 through 10, and actually it goes on verses 5 through um, ch uh, 14 in chapter 2. It's all kind of one literary section, um, but it's emphasizing what it takes to have this relationship, you know. Christ paid the price for us to know God. But if we want to grow in this relationship and we have to, you know, we, we have to strive to, to grow in him. And that only happens when we grow in righteousness, knowing that our righteousness only comes from Christ. But, you know, how do we grow in that? Well, we have to admit when we're wrong we have to admit where we've fallen we have to admit where we've fallen short and and that's what confession is and you know i i'll be honest i, I think that's one of the hardest things um to do and i think it's one of the um most under practiced and underappreciated spiritual disciplines I, I don't think we do it often enough we i don't i don't think we put enough emphasis on it when clearly you know john sees it that confession is the like the the um primary or or initial step in growing in that relationship that until you confess your sin until you confess where you've fallen short you know you're not going to find that un, that that forgiveness and cleansing from the unrighteousness he, he says if we confess our sins he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from the unrighteousness. But if we just kind of hold on to the shame and guilt of messing up and think, oh, I've messed up. So, you know, what, what am I going to do? Well, that shame and guilt is just going to continue to multiply and, and sin will multiply and unrighteousness will multiply. But when we confess, that's where we're kind of saying, you know, the buck stops here. This, this is where we're we're, we're, we're coming to you to have forgiveness and to seek strength to face it down the road. Um, hard. But we like, don't do it. 
it's difficult. It's a hard discipline to practice. And yeah. the reason it's so hard is because confession is a complete denial of self. When you confess, you're denying that, oh my gosh, I messed up and my ways are wrong. And it's hard. I mean, honestly, it's hard for us to realize like, you know, we want to do life the way we want. We want to live the way, you know, just in our human nature. And I'm the same way. But when I confess to God, uh, I'm completely denying, God, look, I realize that my way is wrong and I need to follow your way. Yeah. Uh, and, and that idea of confession, it's a, it's a, here, confession is one, it is what we do at the moment of our salvation. Romans chapter 10, uh, verses 9 and 10 says, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, um, he is faithful and just to forgive, or excuse me, that was 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, Romans 10, 9. And believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, yeah, we'll be saved. We will be saved. So it's that through that confession and through that belief that we are saved. And so one, we are, confession is important because it brings us to salvation. We have to confess our sins and believe to be saved, but also confession should be a part of the daily life of a Christian. Now that doesn't, and we could get into a whole nother topic about, that doesn't mean that we're going to continue to sin, that grace may abound as Paul would say, but it is the idea of, Hey, confession should be a practice or a spiritual discipline that we should do every single day why because it completely shows we're denying ourselves what jesus called he called us to do that in luke chapter 9 23 and say hey my ways are wrong god i'm following your way so confession is something that we should not only do at the moment of our salvation uh that is you know essential for us to confess but hey it's also essential in the christian life as we continue to walk towards jesus yeah, there's a relationship too between you know what Paul's talking about is confessing belief in in God, and then out of confessing that belief, John is saying because we've confessed belief that Jesus is God, that God raised Him from the dead, that He holds um, our, our eternities, we also need to confess our shortcomings on this God that we believe in, um, and so there's that relationship of confession that that takes place there and 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 it's important you know we the evangelical christians the denominations um i i I think we put confession very far back on 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 the back burner um especially in comparison to like the roman catholic church and um and i'm not saying that we need to to put a box in every single one of our churches and have the pastor sitting like they're going to build one for freedom yeah. yeah, no, I, I don't think that's uh, what our next series is going to be. Uh, we're going to open up a, a Zoom call and allow people to come in and confess <laughs> on the home podcast. And so uh, it's going to be um, confessions of a 21st century Christian. Is what well, we're see, the, and, uh, the issue with with confession in the Roman Catholic Church is that you're placing all of that all of that confession and all of that um, responsibility on a human. You're saying that the the father of the church or, or the priest, that person is the interme- intermediary between you and God. When in reality, Christ is the intermediary. When you confess, you confess to Christ because Christ is the intermediary between us and the father. But it's also important, you know, to confess to one another, that, that we're open with one another, that, that we're not you know, we confess to Christ first and foremost, because that's, you know, when we're, think of it as, um, you know, if you, if you, if you're about to be prosecuted by a judge, what, what's the first thing your lawyer comes and says, he says, tell me everything 
that you have done so that I can know the full details and not be blindsided. Well, in the same way, we're standing before God and Jesus is our attorney. Jesus is our mediator. And, and, you know, there, there are flaws in this analogy, but the point is we have to come to Jesus and, and explain to him and, and, and confess to him the ways that we've wronged God in order for us to grow and, 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 and ex- escape and, and, and find righteousness in our unrighteousness. Um, but then if we also want to grow as a person, it's important that we confess to like-minded Christians that we find strength in them as well. Um, because, because there is importance in, in finding strength in one another as well as strength from Christ in our confession. Yeah. And what Garrett's talking about, he's, you know, he's talking in James chapter five, verse 16, it says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Uh, So part of the healing process as a Christian, and we actually, this is one of the um, verses we use in celebrate recovery at at our church. And uh, it's in one of the points that we use, uh, but every single day in celebrate recovery, I, I hear this verse that if we confess to one another, we will be healed in the process of healing from our sins and from, uh, you know, the pain that we have caused on ourselves in our life is one confess to God, of course, first and foremost, but Hey, confessing to other friends and other like-minded Christians, somebody you trust, you don't have to confess to the whole world. I don't, you don't need to go Facebook live and say, Hey, I, I looked at porn today. Uh, that's not the point but maybe find a group or someone that you trust that, Hey, you can trust to confess your sins to why? Cause there's going to be healing in that process of confession. And, and, and it's future support and uh, accountability group that, that, exactly. that to help hold you accountable as well as the healing. So um, yeah, I, I uh, it's, it's good stuff, man. Uh, I wish I knew John. Um, I feel like we would have been boys, you know, like John is my favorite gospel writer. And I feel I really like we could have hung out, man. I feel like we could have, uh, I don't know, I feel like he could have taught me some stuff and I could have just sat and listened. But, um, oh, Sunday. Yeah. I, I got a question for you. All right. If you only had three condiments that you could ever eat or use on food, that includes salad dressings, anything, you know, like a sauce or salad dressing, what would they be for you? What three would you keep? While you're thinking about it, I'll give you my three. All right. I don't even think, but you go ahead. Oh, you go for it. If you know. All right. Mayonnaise and cane sauce. Cane sauce. (laughs) That's all I need. (laughs) We don't even live near canes. And I like like day to day life. You only get two of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> I need cane sauce bad. I need to buy a tub of it. That uh cane sauce, I I mean, I'll give you that. That's fire. Right. Better than Chick-fil-A sauce. I, I mean I that might be that uh, might... I would go my three would be ranch, honey mustard, mm. and barbecue. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Barbecue would be hard to get away from. Those three know? for me, I almost picked mustard over barbecue and I was talking to my brother about it and he was like, ah, it'd be hard to make you know, any barbecue without bar- and I was like, oh, yeah, it's kind of eliminates like a whole category of foods. Oh, dude, um, that's a good point because I'm a big ribs fan. Actually, ooh, if you like ribs, bro, 
No, right, you could do a dry rub rib though. Hey, I mean, you know, no, 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 I ain't it's doing not that. the same, but you could. That's why I ain't doing that. Hey, I, I cancel my canes for some barbecue just so I can. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. You know, canes is <laughs> it's so good, but it's not an everyday thing. So I need to go with the basics. Garrett, what would yours be? I would definitely keep Zach's sauce, Zaxby's sauce in there because that's the my favorite fast food. But I'd probably do barbecue as well, just for the sense of barbecuing stuff. But then my one I would have to keep is Parmesan garlic wing sauce that you can get like from Kroger. Oh man! So if you were to eat a, if you were to eat a salad, what would you put on it? Parmesan garlic garlic wing sauce. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that'd be a pretty strong flavor for for salad. <laughs> you like Zaxby sauce better than Cane's? I've never had Cane's sauce. Oh. I've never been to Cane's. Hey, I like Zaxby's too. We'll, let's take a trip to Bowling Green. I'll take you out of Canes. Mike, you've ate Canes a lot, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. yeah I've never been Lexington there. would have been where I've, I've eaten it several times, yeah. Yeah, let's say Lexington's got one. Or so, I'd say we need to take Garrett to Canes. Is it a Kentucky can... thing? Um, Regional? No, There's some yeah. in Knoxville, too. Lexington, but Bowling Green's got one now, and I heard I heard Louisville's getting no, one. Knoxville has one. So it's kind of. Oh, just... no, Nashville's getting one. Nashville's getting one. Yeah, it's, it's really just regional. It's like this area. Um, is Zach, it kind of like a steak and shake, or it's a... like Zaxby's? It's like oh. a concept. I thought but it was a burger place. No, it's only chicken. Like you, there's four options. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's more like specific than Zaxby's. Like you don't you have like that. a three, three, three chicken fingers, four chicken fingers, a sandwich, and then like one more option. Like literally, you have four options on the menu. The only issue if canes is you have to do the sauce with canes because. I'll be honest, their chicken is not as seasoned as Zaxby's, which Zaxby's has really good seasoning. But I think the point of Kane's chicken is you have to dip it in the sauce, which makes it complete. Yeah. So Zaxby's fries are better. What, what is the saying, Christian, at Kane's? Something chicken, chicken, what you pick in or something like that? Oh, I don't know. I, yeah, there's I, a there's like a like a there's like their slogan or whatever is like I don't know, chicken, chicken, and chicken. What you? I don't know, something like that. But something, what you picking? Chicken, what you picking? Something like that. So uh, they only have chicken, you guys, and French fries. So, um, but yeah, it was a good uh, conversation. Look forward to chapter two um, next week. We're back into kind of a weekly rhythm uh, again. A little asterisk by that phrase due to um, the future of my life. Uh, we'll try to keep it as regular as we can. Uh, but maybe these guys can record one if I can't. Um, we'll teach them how to run the run the sticks. Uh, but, uh, either way, we're going to be a lot more regular now, uh, at least, uh, for, for the, for the near future. And then right when I get back into a normal rhythm, Christian's life will be out of whack, uh, <laughs> and we'll be, uh, changing it up a little bit. So, um, a lot of good stuff happening. Uh, we just, uh, uh, thank God for the blessings that he's given each and every one of us. Uh, they're, they're each different, but, uh, but abounding. Uh, so we are, Thankful that you all are here with us, that you're able to listen today, hopefully, assuming Zoom works. Uh, and if you're listening to this, it did work, so yay us. Um, <laughs> make sure to leave us a review. Uh, leave us a comment in that review. Or we're, we, we started at Instagram, but um, we've got a couple followers. It's kind of leaked. We weren't really going to push it yet. We, <laughs> I mean, we did push it like three <laughs> podcasts ago, but we never did any work on it. So uh, we do have one, and we're working on uh, trying to get in a rhythm with that. Summer was kind of uh, – How many followers do we have? 
like four because I mean it's just people that probably listen to the podcast and searched like seeked it out when we said we had one but yeah. we didn't advertise uh, it. I don't have Instagram, so I don't. I'm a, yeah, I haven't even given Christian the login yet. So when I give him the login, that's when it'll take off. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah. I'm not really Instagram minded, so. Um, but we are looking just to be able to use that as an opportunity for you to ask questions and, and things like that. So if you have Instagram, uh, you don't have to look for us yet, but just be ready when we, I mean, you can look for us. It'd probably be easy to find us. Um, but we haven't really tapped into the avenue of communication yet, but we look forward to when we can do that. Uh, hopefully yeah, start branching out. Yeah. Christian just followed it. So, uh, hopefully start branching out into, uh, using start that. Uh, so start doing video. But then Christian's going to have to wear a shirt whenever we uh, yeah, <laughs> don't tell the viewers. <laughs> called out just like that. Uh, so, so we're looking forward to the uh, series when we start the confessions of a 21st century uh, rural Christian. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but looking forward to moving on and, and uh, talking about First John. Um, like I said, leave us a review, leave us a comment, let us know uh, of a topic that you want to talk about uh, or maybe a guest that you would like for us to have on. Um, and if you make sure that you leave, um, when you leave a review, you have to hit the five star because if you hit anything less, your phone blows up. Mm -hmm. So make sure you, yeah. hit the five star. especially on Apple, they said there's this weird bug where if you try to give less than five, uh, your phone will spontaneously combust. So, um, now we're going to be flagged for fake news. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we, we ramble sometimes, uh, we get going, but that's who we are. Uh, so we, we enjoy doing it. It's. We've always said if no one listened, we'd still do it for for each of our own growth and just uh, being able to get together. So we just hope that you're you, rambling, man. Yeah, we hope that you song. Enjoy. I'm a rambling man. Rambling man. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I'm going to close this out in prayer and uh, we'll wrap up. Let's pray. God, we love you. And we thank you. We just thank you for this time that we can be together. God, we thank you for your word. I think we often uh, don't thank you enough for it, uh, in, in, in audibly anyway, God, because your word guides us, Lord. It, it gives us the information that we can know about you, Lord. It helps us uh, grow closer to you each and every day, and it gives us instruction on how, how to follow you. And, and we see your example uh, through your son, God, here on earth, how he lived, how he acted, and how he treated other people and how he loved them. And God, we just pray that we could imitate that. Uh, we'd be imitators of Christ, God. We just pray that you would continue to help us, um, God, in knowing that you are the word of life, God, that you were in the beginning and uh, that you are God. And we just want to live each and every day to honor you, to follow you, and to grow closer to you. Uh, we love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.